The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Episode 5 Niner, Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Youth in the amateur radio hobby, some congratulatory news. We've got some announcements, some giveaway information, and more all coming up. CQ, CQ, CQ. This is AB4WS, Alpha Bravo 4 Whiskey Sierra, Jack Prindle in Big Bone, Kentucky. And you're listening to Ham Radio 360 Podcast. MTCRadio.com presents Ham Radio 360, the podcast, with your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Sweating to the oldies down here in South Carolina. It is Kilo 4 Charlie Delta November, K4CDN. Your host, Kale Nelson, thank you for tuning in, for plugging us in, taking us with you as you exercise as you sit on the couch, uh, pretend to work at work, drive in to work or home. Uh, guys, we appreciate you being with us. I know that your time is very precious, as is mine, and I'm so thankful you're spending this time with us here. We do this show every other week. Uh, in between those episodes, we do the Workbench Show, which I know you guys are digging, and we're just excited to be able to bring this content to you to hopefully enhance your amateur radio hobby experience. Just this week at Huntsville, Alabama, they had the big Huntsville Ham Fest. Yeah, I saw a lot of pictures. Of course, I didn't get to go. But I saw some news from Kenwood, the brand-new Kenwood TH Delta 74. That's the new handheld D-Star 222 meters and 440 handy talkie with built-in APRS. I think it's got a TNC in there, uh, GPS, I believe. It's just kind of feature laden. <laughs> and... Guess what, guys? It won't be long till it's available. They said shipping possibly within 60 days with an MSRP of $650. Now, I've looked at the website, mtcradio.com, my favorite Kenwood dealer. Don't have them up there yet, but don't be dismayed. If you're interested in getting your hands on one of those quick, go ahead and give Richard a call. Let Richard know you heard about him here on Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Richard Lenore being the owner proprietor of mtcradio.com. Get your best deal on the brand new Kenwood Handy Talkie, the TH Delta 74, coming out really, really soon. And exciting to see this thing. D-Star, APRS, everything in one Handy Talkie, plus three bands. It's, it's kind of like one of what everybody's been begging someone to make for the last couple of years. You'll be able to find it soon at mtcradio.com. Let them know that Kel from Ham Radio 360 Podcast sent you. You'll get your best deal, guaranteed. Back to the Huntsville Ham Fest. Before we go any further, I want to I want to just just share with you my congratulations to a young man, Skylar Fennel, Kilo Delta Zero Whiskey Hotel Bravo, who was nominated as the Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year. Presented by our buddy Don Wilbanks Alpha Echo Five Delta Whiskey. Saw some great pictures online of uh, Skylar receiving his presentation. You know, it's kind of funny that this all happened when this show comes out. I, I didn't realize that Sterling was going to be there this week, uh, but it's really cool to see young amateurs very involved in the hobby. And again, just want to send our congratulations to Skylar Fennel. His call again is Kilo Delta Zero Whiskey Hotel Bravo. Good job, young man. And Don, thanks for uh, carrying the torch there. We're really excited to see those things move forward. You know, one of the benefits of going to the most popular trade show in your hobby that you're podcasting about is you get to meet a lot of cool, awesome, amazingly great people 
like those of you I shook hands with, spent some time with, hung out with at Hamvention. You know, that doesn't happen all the time for me. It actually that I I never dreamt that would happen, but it did and you made it possible. Thank you very much. Uh, during the time I was at Hamvention, I got to I got to meet meet up with a young man, spent some time with him and, and was just really really just digging this kid all over. He's just an awesome guy. His name is Sterling Coffee. His call is November 0, Sierra, Sierra, Charlie. And Sterling has a lot to share with us, and we're going to get right into this. You guys don't go anywhere. If you're interested in getting youth into the hobby, this show is for you. Sterling, welcome to Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm really, really happy to be here. You know, I was... I was really, really excited to get to meet all of our listeners there. You came by a couple of times, hung out. Jeremy mm-hmm. and I both got to spend some time with you. And um, I, I didn't ever think that, that you and I would be here on the podcast together, but I didn't really know what you were doing in the hobby. It was kind of the first time that, that I'd made the connection with you and, and see, have, had seen you on Twitter and whatnot. Um, yep. You just got back from a big trip. Uh, and I want to talk about that big trip in just a couple of minutes. But first, I want to, I want you to tell us uh, who you are and uh, what you're doing with Amateur Radio. All right. So I'm Sterling Coffee in Zero SSC, as you mentioned. Uh, and I've been in radio since 2007 or so. Uh, I got my license in junior year of high school, maybe sophomore year of high school, my technician. And then I upgraded pretty shortly after to a general and an extra. Um, I would take the I – would, I, I would always – uh, read the extra class manual in my literature arts four class uh, to the chagrin of my uh, teacher. But um, as a bonus to that, I wrote an article, I wrote an essay for the uh, it was on the National Electric Cooperative, and it was about ham radio in Haiti and how the National Electric Cooperative gave out solar panels. And there's a story about a ham in Haiti who uh, powered a station, a ham radio station, all on solar energy, and it helped out immensely during the earthquake. So with this essay that I talked about in ham radio in Haiti, as well as the history of the National Electric Cooperatives thing, I got a trip to go to Washington, D.C. for seven days, nice. all expenses paid. So it was pretty cool. Um, the whole reason why I'm in a ham radio, it's just I'm a nerdy guy. I'm a techno um, um, addict. I've always loved radios since I was like five years old. I had a walkie-talkie. I couldn't talk to my parents without, you know, giving my dad a walkie-talkie and say, "Go to the bat- go to the other side of the house." I can't, you know, we have to talk with uh, through the radio. And then eventually, it became the other side of the street and the other side of the neighborhood. And you know, I was putting things like carrots and wire hangers in the antenna to see if I could get out farther and farther. And eventually, it just kind of grew. I got FRS radios. I got into CB radio, and there I met a friend in high school who gave me a technician manual. And then uh, my mom was into police scanning, so I heard uh, um, some hams on a repeater, and that really like blew my mind that there were these people talking about, you know, well, they're talking about the weather, antennas, and um, the repeater, and the field day, and I was like, what are all these terms? I think this is what I need in my life. So I pursued that, got a license, and here I am. So beyond that, aside from operating, I do like I like contesting. Sweepstakes is one of my uh, favorite contests. Field day as well. Um, I'm really into youth because I'm 24 years old, uh, and I haven't been in this for that long comparatively. Um, so back in, I think, 2011 or 2010, the AWRL found my YouTube channel, um, and they noticed I did a lot of ham radio stuff, like real, you know, like DXing, CW contacts, this sort of thing, like talking about your station, talking about your antenna. And they said, yeah, this must be a smart guy. Um, and they hired me as a youth editor. And so I would write a youth article every month um, for the AWRL on their web. Um, and that was a great gig for about two years. 
Um, after that passed, I, I got into college, so I had to get out of it because um, college was pretty hectic. But in college, I got into W0EEE, W0EEE, which was the radio club uh, at Missouri S&T in Rolla, Missouri. Uh, there I became the vice president and the president, and um, we installed repeaters, got D-Star repeaters, um, put up a new tower, re, uh, revitalized the shack and the whole um, club. We started integrating with uh, other teams like the Mars Rover design team, the solar car team, the IEEE um, division there and had a lot of fun. So um, I tried to keep up to date with YouTube and Youth and Ham Radio and then after college um, sort of got out of it because you know life was a struggle getting into a job, getting finances taken care of, moving in, you know, finding my girlfriend who's now my fiance. Um, but now all that's settled and now I'm back into the game. So I know that was probably a really long introduction. <laughs> well, let me just take you one step further. Then you'll sure. get married, then you'll have kids, yep. and then you'll do your best to fight for a moment to get on the radio. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going that fast. <laughs> I still got some, got some world traveling and some ham radio to, to accomplish before, before the next life milestone. But actually, actually, the wedding's coming up in a few years. So oh, cool. hopefully there will be some, a good amount of time between that and children. <laughs> so well, I can, I'm a 17 yeah. year vet of the uh, the married thing, uh, 13 mm-hmm. 13 year vet of dadhood. So they're they're both yeah. awesome. Don't put it off too long. They're both gr- right. have have been have been phenomenal for me. I don't know that she could say the same thing. But <laughs> well, that that's quite a story. Uh, going back to the to the front end, man, you sounded just like me. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was it's ridiculous. And what's so funny when I talk to people for the show. We all mm-hmm. seem to have the same story. I mean, right. we were little nerdy kids who got walkie-talkies that you put 9-volt batteries in after you stuck them to your tongue yeah. to make we sure they worked. We tore the TVs you know? apart, yeah. tore radios apart, tore I mean, all this stuff. It was ridiculous, and, and I didn't. I just thought I was the only one that way. Now I find out that there's you know 700,000 of us <laughs> yep. in the continental U.S. Yeah. That, uh, that are really weird, too. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. It sounds yeah. Like quite a trip, and congratulations for for your recognitions and your time that you've had in uh, conquered many things and crossed many bridges, which leads me to my next question. Um, when when the the two random guys pulled up beside you uh, at the traffic light <laughs> in Dayton, Ohio, um, you, you you didn't really expect to have someone holler at you from from no. From I across looked over and I was like, I, I kind of did a double take, like, who's that? Oh wait, that's uh, that's the uh, Kale, and I watched this <laughs> podcast and and Jeremy too. Like, yeah, we had a we had a ten second conversation at the stoplight on uh, I forget the road, just leaving Dayton that yeah. uh, Sunday. I was like, that hey, was, hey, look, <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. It was really cool. So but yeah, and this this is after meeting you guys uh, at the Pactana booth, and there I bought uh, I bought a Pactana and one of the uh, uh, masts, the thirty foot masts, uh, fiberglass extendo poles. Yeah. So, cool. have you had any chance to use that? Yeah, I used the I used the pole for the uh, for the. Um, um, Pactina, but my FT817 had uh, have has problems. The the day actually when I was using a buddy pole, my friend's uh, buddy pole, something in the radio messed up, and now it doesn't put out any power. So I've Ugh. been digging into its guts to try to figure it out. I've replaced the finals and did a few other things, but still no dice. But I have a backup radio. I put that on the air for a little bit, made a few contacts. It works, but the roof of my apartment it's in downtown St. Louis, so. There's just noise everywhere. Yeah. Um, with a vertical antenna, it's really noisy. So I'm looking at the loops and such. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, good stuff, man. It's yeah. uh, it's it's great. Like I said, to have you have have you on. It's great to catch up with you again. I've been following you on Twitter, and uh, you have been uh, world traveling. Up yeah, here, up I here try. Lately. Yeah, now that I've I've graduated and I have a little bit of income, um, I've been going all over the place uh, just for fun. Like I've you know go to like just a couple weekends ago, I was at Portland for a beer festival. I was in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I go to Atlanta frequently because my fiance's from there, but. Um, just recently, the the real um, talk of the day is this Yoda trip in uh, Austria that I went to. Yeah, that was and, that, uh, that was kind of like out of the blue. Yeah, it was it was about two weeks, two or three weeks prior to it. Um, I got an email from Ward Silver in Zero Way, or actually Glenn Johnson W Zero GJ, uh, who CC'd Ward Silver in Zero Way X, and these are some big wigs in the ham radio world. Um, Ward is the president of Yasmi Foundation, which is a uh, just a, um, a ham radio kind of. Um, uh, foundation that gives out scholarships and grants to people who excel in ham radio. Glenn Johnson is the vice president, I believe, or maybe the president of the Northern California DX Foundation, and they do the sort, sort of the same thing. They also sponsor tons of expeditions. Um, and, and these are big wigs. Like Ward Silver wrote the book on uh, uh, ham radio, ham radio for dummies. Um, and they emailed me one. out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's a good one. Um, and he also uh, edits a lot of the handbook as well, so it's an even bigger one. Yeah. Anyway, they emailed me out of the blue saying, like, hey, Sterling, and we ha- there's this thing called Yoda, and I, I've heard of Yoda. It's uh, Youngsters on the Air. It's this um, um, camp that the IRAU uh, Region 1 does uh, every year, and they pick a different country every year. This year it was Austria. Last year it was Italy, and then the year before it was Estonia, Germany. I'm kind of mixing up. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's all on their website, ham-yoda.com, um, the history and pictures and all that. Basically, it's a collection or a gathering of about 100, 120 uh, young people aged between 15 and 26, 25 or so that are all like us. You know, They're hams, they're, but they're young. Um, they're really into the hobby in, in, their, in their specific way. And they're um, like, for example... We had a couple guys who could do Morse code at 60 words per minute while uh, drinking a coffee and having a conversation with three people. There was some professional ARDF, the amateur radio direction finding, um, or orienteering, like as a sport, as a cross-country sport, not just, you know, running around the city with a, with a tape measure Yagi. This is like actually sprinting to go find uh, uh, foxes in the woods, like, you know, <laughs> using a map and a compass, like some hard stuff. Um, some real big contest guys, some guys who travel with the DP6T mobile contesting team, and they brought their this 40-meter tall, uh, about, I don't know, 100, what is it, 33 meters or 100 feet? It's just a bit taller than 100 feet. Mobile, um, militarized mast with a big 10-element, 12-element OptiBeam on top with the Yoda flag. And uh, we made 7,000 contacts using the Oscar Echo 2 Yankee Oscar Tango Alpha OE2 Yota call sign. Um, they, and the whole, I guess, let me talk about the function of it, sure. um, or the structure. They, um, did this in Walgreen, Walgreen, Austria. And, um, after getting all the, the people from 30 different countries, it was about 110, uh, participants with about a team of, I'd say 20 or 30, um, sponsors, not really sponsors, but like adults, I would say chaperones, people who are leading the camp who aren't necessarily adults. Some of them are young, youngsters as well. Um, and a whole bunch of sponsors like uh, Flex Radio Icom, um, even the city of Walgreen, the IRAU, and then of course Yasmi, NCDXF. They you know 
those guys funded me and Sam Rose, KC2LRC, to go as the U.S. team. They also funded the Estone, or the um, Ethiopian team as well as the Kosovo team uh, to go. And it's all paid for mostly by um, grants and sponsors like that. And the only, um, only cost to the participant is 25 euro. Um, so it's really, really <laughs> cheap. And you go for a week to this um, – basically it's like a scout camp or a, a youth hotel – um, and do workshops. We um, built antennas. We played with the Hamnet, which is like multimedia, high-speed multimedia or mesh networking. Mm-hmm. We um, did summits on the air. Uh, we did we did some excursions. We did castles on the air. Um, we went to um, an ice cave, and we brought our radios into an ice cave and learned about like cave rescues, cave radio, um, how the how tunnels mess with radio signals, and that was pretty cool. Um, Oh man, what else? We did so much, uh, so much stuff. Wow. Um, let's see. We contacted the. Did I say we contacted the ISS? We made an ISS contact where it was like the typical, you know, twenty questions um, rotation between uh, twenty people making a contract over a telebridge to the ISS, uh, and so that was a lot of fun. Oh. It was the first time that a um, a conglomeration of amateur radio youth has contacted the ISS. So there was a lot of cool um, you know, conversation between the astronaut and the and the participants down there as well. So Very yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, we did tons of stuff. <laughs> I want I want to I want to get into some of the details of the trip here in the next segment. Uh, folks, we've got Sterling Coffee with us. His call is November zero, Sierra Sarah Charlie, and we'll be back right here in a minute on the Ah, I said that wrong. I, you know, I'm just going to let this run for a second. I used to be on the radio, FM radio, and I would say back coming up on the Z because that was WHRZ, and it almost came out. I'll have to go back and fix that real quick. Let me, let me, <laughs> it, I mean, seriously, my tongue was forming it, and I was just like, Ugh. okay, all right. <laughs> Let me just let me redo that. And, and you ask about. See, I never I never do this, and, and I thought never. I was past being on the Z. So, all right. So we'll catch back up. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation with Sterling Coffee, November zero, Sierra Sarah Charlie here in just a moment on Ham Radio three sixty podcast. Hi, Dan KB six NU here. Whether you're studying for your tech license or looking to upgrade to general or extra, you should check out my no nonsense amateur radio license study guides. Written in my easy-to-understand, no-nonsense style, they really are the easiest way to learn what you need to know to pass the test. And they are always up to date. The PDF version of the Technician Class Study Guide is free on my website at kb6nu.com podcast. And all my study guides are available in print, PDF, Kindle, and EPUB versions. Let me help you have more fun with ham radio. Go to kb6nu.com slash podcast and get started today. Back with Sterling Coffee, November 0, Sierra Sarah Charlie. And uh, Sterling is recently back from his Yoda trip, and he kind of gave us some uh, some ideas of what happened over there. Let's get a little deeper into that, Sterling. Uh, man, the caving thing would be really cool as long as they didn't ask me to go anywhere smaller than I am. I mean, if you know, I could st- <laughs> at least crawl on my hands and knees, I'd probably be okay. Anything thinner than that i'm not a snake oh no but. this cave this cave was massive it's a it's an ice cave and if you want to look well i look it up it's called the ice is recent 
uh, I tried to spell that one. Yeah. Uh, but if you look up Ice Cave in Austria, um, there are pictures of it's it's very expansive. Like imagine like a football sized stadium oh, in wow. in this cave. There's some spots where the ceiling gets you know to about you know six feet, mm-hmm. but you still can see around you. Um, and it's really cool because they use uh, they use like magnesium uh, flares mm-hmm. and um, oil powered lanterns as the lighting. So it's kind of got this cool romance feeling or nice. this really rustic like original like you're the cave explorer. <laughs> um, and it's also a cold thirty degrees at all times because it's an ice cave. So we had a parka, and when you stepped outside, the pressure differential was so big the wind coming out of the cave would be at around like sixty, seventy, almost a hundred miles per hour. <laughs> Because um, it, it was so cold, all that cold air wants to rush out into the hot, like you know, mountain air. Yeah, um, and that was fun. You could like fly a plane into it. Sounds like something from a Batman movie or something. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. cool. So tell us a little bit about the, you. Did, you did cavings. You did castles on the air. Um, I, you know, I know this is it's amateur radio, so we're doing things like we would do it here in the states. But you were doing it with with a group of people that you probably never met personally before. I'm sure you yeah. had some uh, some some uh, barriers there with the languages. Um, Actually, surprisingly, no. Everybody really? spoke English, and uh, you know, some people spoke a little like more broken right. uh, like than others, but. Yeah. <laughs> but it was everybody was very very uh, easy to talk to. The the camp language was actually English, so well, that's cool. Um, well, you know, most people, languages is yeah. English. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool. Um, so it if it was like as if you know we didn't. I, I never met any of these people before, but once we like arrived and uh, went through like the icebreaker, you know, began learning about each other's interest in ham radio and why where we're all here, it was like. These are all my best friends now. I now know 110 people in 30, 30 something countries in, in uh, Europe and Africa and Russia who um, I could basically just call up and say, Hey, I'm coming over. Can I, uh, you know, crash on your couch for a while and go visit Munich or something, you know? <laughs> um, and then also operate their station. Like yeah. it was, it was really great. What was, uh, what was probably the highlight? What did you enjoy most? Not necessarily the camaraderie, but some of the events of the events. Which one did you enjoy the most participating well, aside, in? Aside from the camaraderie and, and just like realizing that, hey, there's all these young people who are just like you, and it's really you know, that inspiring feeling. Um, it, was, it was very, very awesome to make contact with the ISS and watch like and actually be there and see like you know the excitement and the grins and the nervousness like in the voices of the of the participants i didn't make a contact myself it was there was 100 people 120 people and it was limited to about uh 20 um uh, participants for that contact but still like being there being a part of it was very like it was very like ooh wow this is cool that's an actual astronaut we're talking to right now in space um, yeah in space it, yeah um, and then next to that, like going to um, um, the soda trip, we went. To, I went to a mountain called. Well, let me see if I have a picture. Greisen Greisenkark. It's a two meter or two thousand meter mountain. Um, so it's you know just just above just where the the trees stop growing and it's just kind of grassy. Mm-hmm. Top of this mountain is a big cross and a bunch of rocks, and we set up four HF stations like. Literally four summits on the air. One guy had a uh, 30-foot pole. Another guy had an Alex loop. Another guy had a dipole stringing over to the cross. Um, and a bunch of people had VHF um, Yagis and whatnot. 
um, being able to see this country that I've never seen, the Alps in Austria, are, it's just beautiful. And having everybody up there experience the same thing, having people, you know, some guys were playing with ham radios, some guys were just like sitting on rocks being like, wow, this is the pinnacle of my life for this whole year. <laughs> and it was me right there sitting on a rock, hands stretched out like I'm the king, I'm the top of the world. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And, and, the, and the real reward, like after, you know, hiking up these mountains, um, there's a big reward center activation in the brain there. So those were probably some, one of, two of my favorite events. And the contacts log, that's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the uh, special event, OE2YOTA. Um, so let's see, ICOM, Flex Radio, Kenwood, and even Yesu, all four of the big, um, um, big vendors uh, had their flagship radios, and these are like their $10,000 radios sitting there on the table at the Yoda station, all connected up to, you know, one, a couple were connected to the, uh, um, the Yagi on the, the militarized mast, uh, mobile mast, and then um, a couple were on dipoles here and there. That was a lot of fun. We had all four stations almost active all the time. There's even an Earth, Moon, Earth um, station, and we made we made contact over via the moon using JT JT nine or JT sixty five or something. Wow! Uh, with just a Yagi pointing at the moon, like you know, twelve element, ten element Yagi. I was mounted on a ladder. <laughs> it, it was just kind of like a, a geek out weekend. Yeah, it lasted more than a weekend in, a, in another <laughs> another country with a hundred of your newest best friends. Yeah, and there was there was a whole schedule of things. Um, every day there were probably about two or three, two to four workshops. Um, building antennas was one of them. We took a, this roll-up um, like phone cable thing. It was similar to a, uh, a chalk line. You can just roll it up yeah. and string it out real fast. Um, we built a, I think it was a 61-to-one transformer ballon and uh, just wired up, uh, connected it up to some wire. And there you have an infed all-in-one in about a, like a five-inch diameter circle this thing would roll up into. Um, we did uh, some meteor scatter. Um, that was pretty cool. There's a radar in France that you can hear um, over, it's like 143 megahertz, so it's just under two meters. Um, this, this kind of like space fence radar that detects, um, I think it's used for determining satellite orbits. Mm-hmm. You can listen to meteor pings on this radar because it's just a carrier wave. If you were really close to it, you just hear a strong tone, right. single tone. But since you're really far away, you're out of line of sight. You have to listen to the bounces off meteors and aircraft. So we learned about meteor scatter, and that was really cool. Something I always kind of wanted to do but never got into, and mm. there it was. Um, we all made, we all got Raspberry Pis, and we had uh, Whisper beacons. We built Whisper um, beacons and low-pass filters uh, with uh, Raspberry Pis and some, uh, you know, parts. We had to wind our own toroids again. It was <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, played with Hamnet, which was which is Europe's big mesh network. Um, and that's really cool because I, you can communicate across the country, across the continent of Europe. That is, um, all over ham, all over Hamnet. Um, and it's mostly like 5.8 gigahertz. And they also gave us the the routers and some antennas um, included, so we could connect to the Hamnet and you know transmit all over all over Europe. Um, and we also played with APRS and um, did a little bit with that. Everybody kind of knew what APRS was, and, and uh, those who didn't just got to learn about it, and we just transmitted a bunch of packets here and there. Cool. It's, um, it sounds like uh, something that all of us, whether we're youth or a young man or a very old man, would really yeah. get a kick out of being a participant. I mean, everybody would. Like, the biggest takeaway from all of these these events is, like, this is this week's schedule is, like, a year's worth of 
events for your ham radio club. <laughs> so, like, you know, go build some antennas, VHF, UHF, HF antennas, or learn about HamNet, or go do, uh, we did some MCOM. We had, like, four stations on MCOM. Um, one was, like, Pactor, another one was uh, WinLink, another one was uh, using FLDigi, FLARC, mm-hmm. um, FLARQ, uh, you know, a bunch of words y'all should probably Google. Um, since we don't have much time to go through every little detail because there's just so much packed into it. But all these, all these like presentations and um, things are available on their website, and you can take these, adapt them for your club, and then use them as a, um, a presentation so that you can get more uh, hands-on activities. It's one of the things I really noticed in a lot of clubs is that there's just a lot of business, a lot of politics, but there's not any let's do stuff. Let's go out and you know, build a thing or talk to people you know, instead of just sitting there and talking about you know, your next you know, breakfast at Denny's or whatever. <laughs> well, and, and that's, I want to segue to that if we can here in the next break, after the next break rather, uh, talk about how we can begin implementing some of the things that you learned. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be some pushback from the guys who have been doing it for a very long time because they might not have done it that way in the past. But I want to talk about right. that. And uh, we'll have that conversation here in just a second. Stick with us, guys. Sterling Coffee with K4CDN. His call is November 0, Sierra Sierra. Charlie, back in a bit. Our most recent show, 220 megahertz in the real world, was a hit. Had a lot of good discussion on the QRZ forums as well as some, and some notes from listeners. Always great to catch up with Tim and Ron from BridgecomSystems.com, our friends supplying to the amateur radio community 1.25 meter gear, or as Kale likes to say, 220 megahertz. If you're needing something to fill that void in your shack, at your repeater site, or even in your back pocket, call them today. BridgecomSystems.com for all of your 220 megahertz needs. BridgecomSystems.com. All right, we uh, we finished the last segment with Sterling telling us how great an idea it would be to visit the uh, Yoda website, get some ideas for your local club's uh, tech nights or build nights or whatever, uh, and, and make some of that stuff happen, kind of getting away from the business end of things. Not to say that business is not important, but uh, deciding on where we're going to get the donuts next week may not be the most pressing issue. And, and I'll tell you, I, I'm not what I would consider a youngster anymore. Although I feel kind of young, I'm 42 years old. Uh, by and large, I'm one of the, if not probably the youngest member of the local club. Uh, well, there's probably a couple, maybe five or 10 years younger than me, but we, not like teenagers hanging out. Uh, and, and even for me, I'm not really interested in uh, the politics and the banner of things. If, if we're going to do something, let's do something. Um, so as we're, you, know, you just experienced this, and this is just Kel's opinion, and from the many conversations we've had here on the show with, with just numerous guests, doing something that involves doing something really seems to draw the younger crowd, the maker crowd, and you know I think that's really the future lifeblood of the hobby. Uh, you, you just spent that time over there at the, at the Yoda conference. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, so like I was mentioning before, all of the events that were taking place here are really good, like just just little tidbits of, um, like you can just take one of our workshops and use that as your evening activity at uh, at your radio club, you know, monthly meeting or something. Um, and it and it really is a, a draw to youth because I've been to many many ham radio uh, club meetings and I've just sat there. Like, you know, the youngest person in the room, the only person with brown hair, everybody else, you know, gray hair. <laughs> it's it's really unusual. <laughs> That's pretty to, good. To be like that. And uh, 
one thing I really didn't see was, you know, why am I here? Why, what fun is this just sitting here and listening and not really getting involved? And, you know, a lot of young people, if they show up to your club, a lot of young people are not going to be go-getters and just like say, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. They're going to sit in the back and just kind of watch and see how it goes on. And so if a young person comes into your club, you really have to, um, um, buddy up with them, you know, and don't, don't be afraid to, um, say, hey, who are you? Um, what, are you what are you looking for in this club? Um, that sort of thing. And then, you know, be proactive and actually do stuff because just young people don't really want to sit around and talk about, you know, next week's donuts and, um, you know, the changing the rules and bylaws to allow for, you know, some, yeah, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just goes yes. on and on. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. So, uh, Robert's and, rules, you know, we got to follow this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We better stop yep. right there. <laughs> We're going to offend somebody in just a minute. Somebody's so. getting mad at them. Yeah. But, you know, you, it, you, you, you nail it. Um, they're, you know, I'm 42. And, and you're, how, old, how old are you, Sterling? Uh, 24. Okay. You're 20, <laughs> you, you said it a couple times. You couldn't remember. I want to get it right. 24 years yep. old. I'm 42. So we've got about 20 years split between us. Uh, but, you know, there's kids that are younger than you now. I've got a bunch of, uh, I've got a bunch of kids. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily typical, of course, because their dad's not. But I've got a I've got a lot of nieces and nephews, and you know they're into their phones all the time. And it seems like they couldn't carry a conversation in a bucket if you handed it to them full. Um, <laughs> so what you made you made a very good point there. You, you've got a youth, let's say, that comes into the meeting. More than likely, they're not going to be the one chomping at the bit and, and raising their hand and trying to get your attention so you can put them to work. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be something that you're going to kind of have to finesse yourself and, and them into a little bit. It's, it's going to, have to take some forethought and some planning to do that. Uh, and, and they're out there, guys. I mean, there there are people just like Sterling and Younger who want to come to your club, participate, learn about amateur radio. Uh, we got to figure out how to make that a good transition. Uh, it's kind of like trying to find a new church if you're into that. And uh, that's kind of tough sometimes because you don't mm-hmm. know where you're going to fit in. And then you've got these kids that are already socially awkward going to <laughs> hang out with a bunch of loud old men. True you story. Know, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it just it can be tough. So uh, as a younger person, Sterling, tell us how we can, as older folks, uh, uh, welcome you into the fold. So as older folks, um, like I said, the real one of the real thing, real big things you should do if a young person comes into your club is to buddy up with them and and make sure that they are not being ignored. Because a lot of times, you know, I sat there, I was ignored, and I left the club meeting like goodbye. Nobody wanted to say hi because you know I didn't want to say hi because I was nervous. Like I, I was hoping somebody would come in and say, you know, hey, right, here's a here's a brochure or something. Here's something we're gonna do, you know, for field day or whatever. Um, I think that's one of the big things because I hear a lot of stories about how um, Elmers are – I think Elmers are probably the biggest um, retention makers. Uh, I, I don't know a better word for it, but they, they, they do the most to help retain the youth that we do um, grab. So, you know, because they, they, you know, proact- they're proactive and passionate. They, you know, maybe call or email or – um, every time there's a club meeting, you know, say, hey, you know, how have you been doing a ham radio? Do you get our license yet? Do you need a, you know, need help with the manual, need help with the uh, test or anything like that? Right. Um, or even just, you know, kind of adopt them as your buddy, your, as your Elmarie. Um, take them to your um, uh, station. If you have a really nice station, you know, operate some, do contesting or, or you know, do a really big push to get youth at your field day. Because um, that's how I got really 
sunk in, how the hook really sunk into me is uh, Field Day. Um, they sent me behind a radio, and I listened for a while um, while uh, one guy was operating logging and, and doing the contacts at the same time. And then he said, okay, here's the computer. You can start logging and you know start uh, trying to understand the phonetics. And then we switched roles, and I started making the contacts. And after a while, I was the one doing the logging and the contacting. And it was very, very stressful. And it was very like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I'm so nervous. But that kind of moment is what's really needed to set the hook. Yeah. You know what I mean? You went home ready to get you re, you went home ready to yeah. get your ticket. I mean you were Yeah, you I were told there. my mom, yeah. I need to get I need to get an extra class license. I need to get a dipole. I need to get a, a radio right now so I can do this like all the time. And and so it was. Awesome. That's some that's a great story, man. I take you know it it takes stuff like that and like I said, going back to the beginning of the show, you and I have a lot in common, like a lot of other hams. Uh, we've we've been touched with this desire to communicate for many, many years. They're still out there. You know, maybe they don't have CB radios in their mom's car anymore. You know, maybe they don't have a scanner, but they've probably seen a Raspberry Pi. They've probably seen a an RTL SDR dongle. Uh, yeah. You know, they they they're seeing these things around them, and to, to be able to show them how to put that into practice. Of course, we as the older crew are going to have to know how to do that or at least have some ideas about how to do that you know those things are out there they're ready they're ripe and you know i personally don't think it takes a 26 dollar handy talkie from amazon to get you excited about about amateur radio i think right. it's it's, I think it's, it's even a 15 dollar rtl sdr exactly. like you said or as buy Mm-hmm. Yeah, the technology's there. Like, you know, we we say, oh, the internet is really taking away from ham radio. It's taking all the youth away, the cell phones. Well, ham radio and, and uh, the internet and cell phones are really well integrated with ham radio. You just need to see that, you know, you have RTL-SDRs that you have to plug into a computer and uh, and to be able to use. You have Raspberry Pi, which is a computer, which you can do tons of stuff with. Yeah. Um, like, for example, the Whisper Beacon. Um which I just, which just is really cool because you can have this like this computer putting out a ten milliwatt signal that you can hear that seventeen different countries can hear all around the world at any one time. But you know, and I really want to build one of those. I meant yeah, to grab, I meant to so grab that at uh, Dayton, and, and I got behind, and I think they sold out before I could get over there. So I don't know, but I missed, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that's but, my own. That's my fault. I should order one. Yeah, that, maybe I'll do cheap that. too. That's the thing. Like you know, us youngsters don't have our. Let me let me say a word about youngsters. I get a lot of. Uh, I've been getting a lot of mail about youngsters on the air. Um, a lot of it seems like youngsters is too of a, too much of a like the de- demeaning term for young people. So, if we're bringing youth on the air, Yota to the U.S. or to IRA region uh, region two, I think we're going to have to call it youth on the air because that's more uh, akin to the. Um, the whippersnappers nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, youngsters does sound much younger than it describing, but of course we yeah. have, you know, we say things differently here than they do in the other Right other over regions, there, it's you know, pretty so. normal. But yeah. I guess that segues me into um, t- uh, talking about this Yoda thing. It happens in Europe and in Europe uh, and I guess IRA region one only the, and that's Europe and uh, a little bit of Russia and then uh, Africa, um, and we were lucky to go there because we were told by Yasmi and or uh, asked by Yasmi and uh, um, NCDXF to go over there for fact finding so that we can take what they know what they do, and bring it back home, um, and what I really see what I really see with the with the Yoda um, thing is that the. The young, the youngsters, the young people there, all realize that they're not the only young people in the hobby. 
when they go back to their you know respective clubs, they are full of inspiration to go and get more youth involvement, or at least just be that young person at the club and not be worried, not be afraid that you know you're the young, youngest person there. Um, because we have so much more drive and we have a lot of action and activity we want to do, and that helps. That can really, really help a club, and that just by itself brings more youth um, into it. But the real mission here was to bring Yoda back overseas to um, to the U.S. and to the IRA region too. Um, and this would this would hopefully do the same thing um, if we can get a bunch of young people from uh, this region to come together for a week, have a camp of ham radio and ham radio, well, not ham radio only because, you know, during Yoda we did, like, we went swimming, we went out, you know, um, to eat at night in the towns, we went shopping, we did, you know, hiking in this castle and this ice cave, which are, you know, had ham radio tangents, but, you know, all in all, it was still kind of like a a little bit of a break from the real nitty-gritty, like, workshop stuff where you're sitting in, listening to a, you know, presentation, then doing something after that. So, um, it was really, like, a perfect storm. And this has been going on for six years um, with um, Lisa Linders, or Linders, PA2LS from um, the Netherlands. Um, She was, like, the real beginner, the real starter of this. And what they did is took IRA Eugen 1 and started a youth coordinator, youth, um, I guess, section. And now they have, like, 26 or 27, 30 members of all young people who uh, organize Yoda every year in every different country. So there's a lot of little structure elements that we're we're starting to learn about. um, And we're going to try to bring that over here. Either, you know, who knows who's going to sponsor it, um, who's going to really, like, you know, is it ARRL? Are we going to start with the U.S.? Are we going to go all out and do IRA Region 2 and really really try to combine and see, you know, if we can get Latin America, South America involved? There's, I think there's a much bigger, like, English language block there. Um, but these are things to be uh, learned about and really fact found uh, in the in the coming you know couple years year or so. Absolutely, yeah, that sounds like a, quite a task. But it seems to me that it would be be well worth the time and expense put forward. I want to keep mm-hmm. the conversation going here with Sterling. His call is November zero Sierra Sierra Charlie. We'll be back with him in just a moment right here on Ham Radio Three Sixty Podcast. One of the most recognized names in amateur radio is ICOM. One of the most recognized dealers in amateur radio is mtcradio.com. And what a better connection when you put those two together, ICOM and mtcradio.com. Yeah, they've got the brand new ID51 Alpha Plus radios, the brand new colors. And I'm digging the uh, the kind of yellow green one. I still haven't gotten one of those. I need to talk to Richard. If you're looking for some handy talkies, if you're looking for some really ruggedized gear to use in the field, if you're looking for some wonderful, maybe the hottest amateur radio rig going right now, the IC7300, you have to visit our friends, mtcradio.com. Let them know Kel sent you. Get the best deals on the net at mtcradio.com. Yes, K4CDN Kale back with Sterling Coffee. His call is November Zero, Sierra Sierra Charlie. You know, I don't make a whole lot of contacts with Zero Land calls. And um, is that hard to say when you're, like, giving your call? K4 is easy for me. It's kind of got a southern yeah. twang to it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is uh, is November Zero hard to say? Well, Zero being two syllables, um, like seven, um, is, I guess, more, uh, I guess, punchy. I don't know. Um 
I've always thought about getting like a five because I'm I'm really into the CW um, swing right now, and I've really wanted to change it to like a five or a, a, a like a six or something, so it's like less because zero is da 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 da, and that's what's really hard. <laughs> it's five da's, and you know it's really annoying to to send out. It's, it makes your call so much longer. Where, whereas you know if you have a five, it's five dits and it's a lot shorter. Right. But I'm real stuck to this call. People know me by my by my call sign. Like I know you by K4CDN yeah, and. Yeah. Um, it's real hard to change it once you're. It's it's your it's your new name. It's your ham radio right. name. It's what's on your badge. What everybody knows you by. You know, I, I thought about it because I need to upgrade, and I said, well, you know, if I, if I upgrade, I could get one of those cool two by twos now. Yeah. But then, then who would I be? You know, so somebody else. I, I knew a guy who changed his call sign almost every year, and I was like, wait, you're you're who now? Yeah. I thought you were. Wait, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it was real hard to keep track. Well, and and we're young, so I don't know what we'll be able to do when we get older. But uh, talking about why we're young, let's talk about trying to implement some of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily saying that, that Kel's going to make it a mission of his to uh, to bring Yoda to the states, but I would would do my part and uh, and begin beginning to do my part here uh, with a podcast as often as possible because I believe that uh, just in any any hobby any any outreach. Youth is needed. That's that's the lifeblood because that's what's coming next. I've got five kids. I've got three studying right now along with my wife, which is really cool. And I hope they're going to be able to test and pass in October. Oh, nice. So that'd be awesome, you know. So I'm kind yeah, of well. doing my youngsters on the air down here on the farm as it is. But you know, <laughs> when I think about what all we talked about uh, in this call, you know, it's really exciting to see that that things like this are happening around the world. Now, my question is why isn't this happening in the u.s and and i uh-huh. know that there's there's two big things there's someone's time and then there's a lot of money mm-hmm. um but you know you talk to gordo you talk to uh to our buddy uh kb6 and you they're both and they're not the only two i'm just bringing them out as examples love those guys uh they're both working uh to the best of their ability to bring youth into the hobby and they've been doing amateur radio for a while and here we are yep much younger than both of those gentlemen uh and you're even younger than me uh you know working to bring youth into the hobby uh where do we kind of start having a conversation about start having something like this movement happen here in the states well like you said in the in the last little segment it's it's going to be a big mission it's going to be you know a lot of sponsors a lot of like uh you know a lot of activity a lot of coordination and planning like this was no easy task for them to do in uh, in Europe. Like they had to use like Gantt charts and project management skills, and they had like basically almost a small business structure: a CEO, a CTO, like and you know little groups of of planners that would plan out and have um, chaperone each individual activity. So it's going to take a lot of people. It's going to take a whole bunch of money. Um, I mean. The thing is with um, um, a lot of these organizations like Yasme and NCDXF, they have no problem just throwing green at young people. Like, for um, for example, like I said earlier, Yasme helped uh, three teams go to uh, go to Yoda uh, last year, and it's only a cost of twenty five euro, which is what thirty something dollars yeah. uh, US um, for the participant to go. So you you see like all these companies. Um, if I had my team shirt, I would I would have all the sponsors, but like ICOM and um, um, Yesu, Kenwood, like the big radio companies helped out with radios. Um, a lot of radio clubs, smaller radio clubs helped donate money, um, that sort of thing. But maybe this conversation about like where we get the money from is a bit uh, too soon. We really need to think about like how do we get the momentum just flowing right. about how do we 
bring this together and it's really it's really like a conversation between like your clubs maybe to think about you know maybe we can do this on a smaller scale maybe we can have a weekend a camp weekend for you know the local youth here and there and then we can also probably glean a lot from the jamboree on the air the boy scouts of america do uh, jamboree on the air every year and it's a big camp of like ham radio but in a boy scout um um situation so or scouting situation where um i think the the goal is to get your radio patch or your um, Morse code patch or something like that. I'm not a Boy Scout myself, so I'm, I'm well, consider me clueless to the whole thing. I think, I think that's thing. right. I think you're I think you're right on there. Uh, you know, uh-huh. breaking it all the way down to our local hometown area, uh, larger than our household maybe, but thinking about the, your community at large, where you're where you find yourself residing, uh, it sounds like a great idea for a, a club who's into growing itself and promoting the hobby to contact maybe the local high school or junior high school science club. Yeah. You know, I mean, why not start there? That would be a great thing. Like, and 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 another thing is, we need all these people and this money and blah blah blah. But I, one of the things I didn't mention is we need youth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need somebody to come, to come to the event. So, so we need to this to be marketed out and say like, hey guys, um, we need to um, have uh, have more interest. Uh, we have to bring the youth there. So, which is which is the carrot that seems to be. Yeah, uh, the 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 one carrot that everyone seems to be grasping for they they were there. What is it going to be? What's the silver bullet here for the youth? Um, my my vote is it's Morse code. I I, I just think CW is going to make this tremendous resurgence, and uh, it's going to just suck everybody in. But yeah, who am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it happens, no. I'm t- I'm taking credit for it. If it happens. <laughs> we'll see. No, I, I really think um, it's it's about it's about you guys out there, the the local clubs. Get your get the word out that you want young people to be involved uh, and do this fun stuff. Um, uh, go do IRDF. Go do fox hunting. Go make your field day even bigger next year, um, and really market it. Like one of the big things that we had for Yoda was an on site twenty four seven media team who did videography and photography and had a daily um, video log of all the activities. And I think. If um, you know a, a lot of social networking, they did, they were all on Facebook and all on Twitter and all of this, and they you know had them very well done. And yeah. I think this this is a really good idea because this really gets it out to everybody, not just the young people and the and the older people, but you know just just everybody. Um, showing like, hey, look at all these young people doing this cool stuff that both attracts interest in the um, the the youngsters, the young people, and uh, the older people as well, the people who you know will help fund and really. You know, push this to become a real thing. Right. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think we're primed for it. Um, you know, Dayton was my first trip to Hamvention this past year, and and I was just in awe at at the reception we had by yeah. just producing a podcast. And you know, coming coming home and and the numbers just spiking just madly upway upwards. It's just been phenomenal. The reception since then. Uh, knowing that we're impacting people, you know, in the local clubs, you, you don't really kind of get that. You're like, oh, well, we're meeting again. Mm-hmm. Let's go drink some coffee and eat. Don't, but, you know, you guys are you guys are really affecting what's going on around you. And, um, you know, you're going to kind of have what you say. You're going to have what you desire. So if you do have a desire as a local club to grow, to to go out, to to bring youth, to to educate the younger people around you in your neighborhood, your your community, uh Start talking about it that way, just like Sterling said. You know, go Absolutely. out and bring them in. And whether it's a science club, whether you're helping out with Boy Scouts, you know, Girl Scouts are doing you know amateur radio. Um, there's a lot of things like that. Uh, 
boys, uh, what was it, Big Brothers, Big Big Brothers and Big Sisters would probably uh-huh. be a good place to go as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there, Sterling, and and I am just just I say tickled a lot. That's just a southern <laughs> euphemism. Sorry if it offends yeah, anybody. Yeah, I, know I like it, but uh, <laughs> it just comes out a lot. I am tickled. You got to. I had no idea you were going, and then all of a sudden on Twitter you're like, I'm getting on an airplane. I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> First time I've been to Europe. Here I am, you know, promoting <laughs> yeah. youth and and not just promoting it, but being a part of it. That like really awesome, having man. a having a blast. Really excited you Great. got to go, and thank you for sharing your experience with us. You know, I almost think yep. we could probably do a whole other show and talk about it some more. There's oh uh, yeah. How about a whole so other podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the workbench. Now let's have the youth bench. Hey, uh, the youth y- lounge. You looking for a job? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I said too much. Yeah, hey, y'all heard him. He offered, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, well, you know, the thing is, is that uh, this is a great medium for that. Uh, social media mm-hmm. is huge. Uh, Facebook, maybe not so much for the younger generation, but it is a great way to 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 pan ourselves to our listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. But but they're out there, you know, and yeah. there's nerdy kids just like us living right now. I was a nerdy kid working at Radio Shack in 1988, and I had men come in, amateurs from all walks of life, begging me to get my license. And I finally did get the uh, the Gordon West study guide for the technician no code, never tested. But uh, you know that that was that that started it with me. Now, granted, Radio Shack's gone, and most nerdy kids are just sitting home looking at their phones now. But uh, <laughs> You know they're they're out there, and I think we need to go get them. Absolutely, yeah, I totally agree. And and this last date, and I've I was really impressed at I, th- I did a video on YouTube of just like how much how many young people there were, not just in the youth rally. I mean, there were you know dozens of young people at the youth uh, lounge, the youth rally that uh, Carol Perry did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just walking around and seeing like that guy is you know twenty four, that guy is fifteen. That you know there were so many youngsters just walking around. You know, in the ether, like you know, you know, I had no idea who these you know people were, but I've never seen so many young young yeah. people. Well, you know, I went expecting to see all the jazzies running around, you know, <laughs> and, and they were there. But I'm like you, you know. Now yeah. you're saying that I'm thinking, yeah, you're exactly right. There were a lot of younger people there, f- sub 45 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm going to say that because I'm younger than 45. But, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. You know, I had kids. Yeah. I had kids come up. There was a guy. I can't remember. It's on the uh, on the website on the Hamvention Pictures. Him, him, and his. Uh, he brought his wife and his two boys. I think, and both of his sons passed their tech test at Hamvention. His wife passed hers. It was crazy cool, man. Wow. You know, yeah. so it's awesome. And you see the. Uh, you see the uh, the Hope Lee or not the Hope the Lee family. I, I know Hope Lee is one of the one of the kids who presented at the at the ham finish. They have like a um, a big Facebook following right now. They're down in uh, what is it Costa Rica or PJ two T? I forget the uh, the country. Uh, doing DX um, <laughs> down there. Yeah, PJ six Y that is. That's awesome. So they're having a lot of fun. A lot of young people there. So that's that's another really good thing we can consider. Like you know they have the youth uh, the youth DX association the youth DX um, YDXA. I forget what it's called. Was a thing that the uh, you know you take a bunch of youngsters down to a big uh, contest club and um, contest uh, for a whole weekend. So. That'll, get, that'll get them hooked. You're living yeah. proof of that. So absolutely. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on, Sterling. It was great to meet you in person yeah. at Hamvention. It was awesome to uh, catch up with you at the red light. It's been even 
more cool to have you here on the show. Uh, we, we enjoy following you on Facebook or uh, Twitter. Rather, I can't do YouTube much just because of my connection here. But, folks, mm-hmm. we'll have all of his connections, uh, every way that you can find out what Sterling Coffee's up to, along with some links, some pictures and whatnot from the Yoda trip. And you'll find it all at hamradio360.com. Sterling, my battery is dying. My computer's telling me it's over oh, with. No. Yep, yep, that's what that was. So uh, let me get out of here. Man, thank you again for, for coming was, on with us. It was really my pleasure. I'm just really glad to uh, be able to talk about this and hopefully get the ball rolling on uh, Yoda Region 2. You know, it, it or Yoda may... US or Yoda wherever. Like, we're going to do this, and this will be awesome. Well, let us know what we can do to help, and you know myself we'll... and the listeners will do everything we can. All right. Another big thank you to Sterling for hanging out with us here on Show 5-Niner of the Ham Radio 360 podcast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Great to catch up with Sterling. Love that guy. He's an awesome dude. Appreciate what he's doing for the youth in the hobby. And I know that in time to come, there will be many, many people say, thank you, Sterling Coffee. Thank you for helping us carry the torch with the amateur radio hobby. Hey, don't forget, mtcradio.com is offering you a discount on every single thing you purchase from their site. Enter the coupon code HAMRADIO360 to save, I don't know how much, but you'll know when you enter it in your coupon code. It's a random coupon code. Uh, maybe not a random coupon code. It's a random discount for everything that you purchase. It's just a thank you for being a listener here of HamRadio360.com, the podcast. Again, thank you, Sterling. Thank you for listening. A shout-out to our brand-new Patreon, Andrew. He joins Alan, Donald, Ken, and Brett. Thank you guys for helping support the show. You can do that at Patreon.com. There's a link in the right sidebar at hamradio360.com. Going to get out of here, get back with George and Jeremy in a week. I believe it's oscilloscopes, but I'm not 100% sure. Don't hold me to that. We appreciate you. We thank you for listening. We know we couldn't do it without you. Now, go out and share this thing with a friend of yours. Get them involved in the hobby. Get them listening to hamradio360.com. Thanks so much, guys. God bless you. 73, y'all. Thank you for listening to Ham Radio 360. Brought to you by mtcradio.com. For more information about the program, visit hamradio360.com. Till next time, 73s, y'all.